0: Big fluff. <laughs>
1: Yes. Come forward. Attack me if you will. When it is over, you will call me master. <coughs> <coughs> ma- ma-
0: Mama? Oh. Oh, Mama. 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 <coughs> oh.
1: Uh, get off me! Uh, babies!
0: They're yeah, babies! Uh-huh.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it's
0: April. Fools. Oh, Neil. (laughs) It's April, fools. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we were like, let's do something April themed. And what's more April themed than the uh, crush slash Friend slash consigliere of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, April O'Neil. So we're watching a bunch of turtles movies this month. Yeah, I was as shocked as maybe all of you were to discover that
1: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies are maligned. But they, I was flabbergasted. But they are. Can we? We should maybe take a moment uh, at the top to say it that
0: I because I think it should be addressed. Their relationship with April O'Neil is weird. Yeah, it's real weird. I've never it's never it's never rectified in any of the IP. No, no, no. Any of the various iterations of this vast property.
1: It doesn't help that the teenagers in their name, you know, so that's already going to be a tough. So they're teenagers. (laughs) They're four horny teenagers who want to have sex with April Neil, a human and their turtles. and, And she's an adult woman and she's an adult woman newscaster. Uh, In most of these iterations, not in the original comics, but that doesn't matter.
0: Uh, Right. The the original comics might have the least to do with what the Ninja Turtles are nowadays.
1: Yes. Uh, Which is a very funny thing, which came up uh, in the making of Secret of the Use, that the the creators, it was a losing battle to try to make things more like their comics. Uh, Right. But, yeah, it's uh, April O'Neil. She she hangs out with the Turtles. Um, I mean, everything about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is kind of weird.
0: It's a, it's a strange franchise. It is a strange, weird uh, Daredevil parody. Yes. Yeah, which was built into the original comics as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think we should need to make it very clear that we are doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, not the unassailable original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, that, we just finished Oscar bait Month, and that won Best Picture in
1: 1990. Right. So how it can we do It won the BAFTA. It won the Oscar. It won all of them. Yeah. I mean it, it swept the award season. Uh it's unassailable. Elias Codius
0: won Best Actor. Yeah. All of it. Yep. And best so, special effects. So what would we even talk about? Right. It'd be a short episode. Yeah. But this one,
1: which came out just one short year later.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that it's the type of thing that you couldn't you couldn't make two movies separately and release them in subsequent years nowadays the way they make movies you yeah, have to shoot them back to back
1: yeah which does happen i mean you two get years movies. Ago. yeah you get movies to come out you know usually it's yeah it's like a part one and a part two of you know like if they split they love to split up
0: books into the last book in a series they love to split yeah. that up into two movies
1: but uh but yeah, so like you'll get that now. But yeah, the idea of a movie and the idea, the reason that it came out so fast, which is hilarious to think about now, because we're talking about these movies decades later, is that the studio was concerned that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a fad. And so therefore they wanted to rush out another movie before right, they wanted to strike while the iron was hot. Yeah, which. I I think it's worth noting If we have younger people listening, it's impossible if you weren't a kid in 1990 and 1991 to to possibly fathom how popular the Teenage Mutant
0: Ninja Turtles were. They were. Overnight sensations in a lot of ways, once they crossed over out of the comics into the animated show, uh, the video games, the everything, they were ubiquitous. Mm hmm. Uh, the toys, all of it. Yeah, you had to have the toys. You
1: had to play Turtles in Time in the arcade. You know, yeah, like you, and then buy it for your Super Nintendo. Yeah, even though it wasn't as good, it was better in the arcade. The arcade version, yeah, but it was still really good for Super Nintendo. It was. Uh, but yeah, it was all of it. You had the animated series, you had all the toys, you had a lot of products that we probably shouldn't have been eating like those, uh, the fruit pies that had the like glowing the neon green. green
0: filling. That couldn't have been good for us. You had the the, uh, the Ninja Turtle ice cream bar that yep. you could buy at the, uh, they had like the bubble gum eyes and it was just awful. Which like never, all of those things. Those ice
1: cream bars were great because they never looked right. Like they, there no. was with the photo on the side of the ice cream truck, Tended that it looked like, and it would come out. It'd be
0: like half melted. It'd have one gumball eye. Like, like it'd have like a, a lazy. It'd have like a toxic Avenger eye, just like oozing down. Yeah, it, they were a mess, but we still bought them. We bought all the stuff. I da- I'm sure I ate one at yeah. least.
1: I'm also still not over the memory of when I was a kid. uh the neighbor across the street. I let him borrow my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they had removable belts. And he lost Raphael's belt when I got them back. And I'm I'm still kind of mad about it, if I'm really being honest. as
0: you should be. Uh, I want to say up front that I would say that there was definitely a stretch where the turtles were probably my favorite IP of that era. Uh, I dressed as a Ninja Turtle in second grade for Halloween. Nice. My mom made the costume. It was delightful. Yeah. No, that's good. Which which turtle were you? Uh, Raphael. Raphael. So you were
1: see I was I was a classic kid I loved Michelangelo like I, I was a basic bitch when
0: it came to yeah, the tour. Yeah, I was I was a Raphael fan. Even though he was always the worst in the video games because his Psy had no range. Well, see, that's the funny part is I... Michelangelo was my turtle that
1: I loved. But when I played the Turtles video game, always picked Donatello because he had the most reach.
0: Like he had... You got the best with Donatello. Leonardo was the second best in the video games because his his Katana blade was pretty decent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because with Raphael and with Michelangelo, it was all close up combat. Like it was no good. You like you needed
0: the longer weapons to have but a chance. But if I was playing on the four-player arcade game, I would I would be fine being Raphael because he was my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would be Michelangelo.
0: The same reasoning. But if it was just me, I was picking Donatello. Yeah, it, same. Yeah. Uh, that was the nice thing about the X-Men arcade. Another great arcade cabinet from the time is that Wolverine was my favorite X-Men and by far the best character in that game. Wolverine is the only character to use in that game. Everyone else is garbage. Nightcrawler is pretty good. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, and there were a lot of people that like Nightcrawler, but Wolverine, you got the bonus because everyone else, you just had like melee, like punching and kicking. But with Wolverine, you got the claws for free. You didn't have to burn because, like, if you're using
0: Cyclops, I mean, don't use Cyclops because Cyclops is terrible. Because he just had the one laser blast straight ahead that didn't hurt anybody. But yeah, so he. Dazzler was better than Cyclops in the sixth player.
1: Yeah, because you, and also Cyclops is a garbage character anyway, so it made sense. But uh, but yeah. Shout out to AJ McCombs. Who I'm sure is listening. Uh, uh, we know you are. Yeah, But like, yeah, you you needed, like Wolverine, you got a, the re- repeated, you got to use the claw, and it was really satisfying to use those claws, right. and like when they were on the ground, and you just stab them over and over again on and the ground. And his
0: mutant attack, like, was an, a screen killer, like a lot, like Nightcrawler, so it was, it was valuable. But we're not talking about the X-Men Arcade Cabinet, uh, we're talking about Ninja Turtles, too, Secret of the Ooze. Um So, Let's get into why it was maligned.
1: I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit. It came out a year after it was a little rushed yeah and and the first one is in so you kind of we touched on it that like there's the comics and then there was the cartoon the cartoon is what made every like none of us read the i mean i didn't maybe you did i I, didn't
0: read the comics until years later to see what they were all about but that's what i
1: mean as kids we weren't like reading the comics we were watching the cartoon show so that's what we knew the movie the first live action film is closer to the comics like they tried to it's not as fantastical they tried to kind of yeah
0: it's almost trying to find the median between the two properties
1: but this one it's very clear that they wanted it to be larger than life you know they wanted it to be more like the cartoon because that's what all of us kids wanted and they rushed it
0: and they put vanilla ice in it (laughs) oh i thought we were saving the silver linings oh sorry sorry the second time uh the yeah, second time ice. appearance for robert van winkle on the pod not possibly the last i don't know what else I, he done? i don't do? know what else he's done to say for sure if he's coming back or not yeah uh he's i think he did an adam sandler movie that we could very well do it so because we're just i think prolonging doing an adam sandler month it's inevitable it's gonna happen yeah but it's just a matter of when maybe when nick swartzen dies I mean, we're just now getting to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle months. So. That's true. We've been doing this for almost two years now. Yeah. So,
1: all of that being said, yeah, I mean, it feels a little rust. I will say this, like, watching it... So, when I watched it as a kid, I I loved it. Like, it oh, was, yeah. It was loved great. It. it was the best movie I had ever seen, you know, since the previous one. Like, they were great. But watching it now, as an adult, it... <sighs> I won't like, I enjoyed it. It's really fun.
0: It's thin. <laughs> it's very thin. It's, it's about as, as, uh, thick and weighty as any half hour episode of the TV show. It does.
1: It kind of feels like, cause it's, it's like 90 minutes, uh, which yeah. I, I, I do appreciate, by the
0: way. I mean, yeah. if I, if we, after watching Godfather Part Three, which I think clocked in at just under two and a half days. Yeah. Um, that we, we, we did the second most revered trilogy in cinematic history.
1: <laughs> both were kind of the same where I think they had two really great ones and then they kind of stumbled with that third
0: one. Both, yeah. uh, the which they, they released way after. Yeah. The, that's the third what, that's, one comes out two years later. That's what does it, you know. But yeah, um, but yeah the, the
1: plot is pretty thin. You know, it's, it's a breezy 90 minutes,
0: uh, which includes an extended dance number. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think one thing I think is interesting is that there is apparently and I don't remember any of this at the time, but there was apparently a lot of backlash for the level of violence in the first one. And I, I did rewatch the first one, you know, because I figured I was going to watch the first two Godfathers to gear up for Godfather three. So I wanted to watch uh the original TM TNMT to gear up for ooze. Um, I like there's no gore whatsoever. theres I don't even think there's any blood. There is more like fisticuffs and some weapon usage, but maybe it's just because I'm kind of looking at it from 2022 standards, and it's just not violent. Yeah. Well, it's funny
1: that, you know, considering that two of the Turtles have blade weapons, you know, bladed weapons. Like right. in, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, those weapons are not factoring into fights like they none of the weapons are yeah like they're, they're not seen. using the weapon the, the weapons are used comically by april o'neill shout out to april month um yep. to cover up in a very failed attempt to pretend that they're hers so as to throw off uh the new character that's introduced in this movie the pizza delivery boy delivery guy
0: kino kino uh played the, by uh, martial arts legend ernie reyes jr
1: who? Fun fact was one of the stunt doubles in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they liked him so much that they wrote a part for him yeah. to be himself. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so like you get you get April O'Neil. By the way, recasted April O'Neil. They didn't they didn't bring back
0: yeah Judith Hogue was left because uh, she was unhappy with the way the movie went, and um, and it sounded like. The producers were happier with Paige Turco's performance. I think Paige Turco is is a better fit
1: for April and, Neil. and I, I like Judith Hope. That's not. I a, do, too. That's
0: not. That, yeah. And I, yeah. I think the craziest thing about both of them is that they are still getting work today as actresses. Yeah. And that's great. They're getting a lot I, of TV work and that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I. It, this might sound like I. I hope this makes sense because I'm worried that this might insult both of them, who I, I think they're both good actors. But I. I think that like Judith Hogue brought too much gravitas to the role of April O'Neil. I,
0: I. I think you're right. I think that she. She was acting, in the the Batman version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, it was like we're like this time around we're keeping it a little breezier. April's a little. A little lighter. April's a
0: little more freewheeling, fun loving. Which I think is, is the right instance, And not say that Judith Hoek couldn't have done that. I, I'm sure she could have, but uh, I think it was, the, it was probably the right move to recast. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the, the plot of this movie Well, let's set it up, because we, we haven't actually
1: talked about what the plot is. I mean, it's in the title. It's the secret of the use. So. Yes. So, for those of you who don't know, which is no one but I'm gonna pretend that there's a one stranger out there who's like, "What's a teenage mutant ninja turtle?" Uh, they
0: it was a canister. Well, hold on for yeah. our uh, European listeners. We know we have a bunch. Uh, these were the teenage mutant hero turtles in Europe. Is
1: that what they called them?
0: Yeah, because uh, they didn't think ninjas were well known enough, so they Te- called them teenage mutant hero turtles. Teenage That's a real mutant hero, hero turtles. turtles. Heroes in the half shell. Ninjas in a Turtle half power. shell. Ninjas <laughs> in a half
1: They <laughs> should have just switched it. That's um, fascinating. I didn't know that. But uh, but yeah, so they, they were regular turtles. They crawled into some kind of toxic ooze with uh, Master Splint. You know, the rat. And uh, they all mutated into uh, humanoid versions of those things. And uh, so the secret of the ooze is like trying to figure out what like their or they're trying to figure out their origins they're trying to figure out where they came from like we learned that splinter kept the canister that created all of them and it links back to this company that uh waited 15 years to do anything else with the <laughs> toxic ooze that they had and then all of a sudden are uh, making more humanoid animal uh, monsters
0: Although that was sort of their his hand was forced by Shredder who didn't die in the trash compactor in the last one. Yeah, and if you're wondering how they
1: explain that, don't worry, they did. He lived. Yep, he he survived. I'm going to guess it's the helmet. I think that that metal helmet probably, saved him. It probably saved him.
0: Yeah. Although I will say like this sequel picks up almost the instant the other one ends. Like this is like it's not like this is many years later. Like it it is not I would say it probably happened sooner after the first movie than the second movie was released.
1: Well yeah, and you can tell that because the 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 turtles they're straight up like just they're still celebrating the victory. That's how recent right. it was that they're like, "Hey, fun times are ahead. We just uh killed We just beat the Shredder. We yeah, we beat the Shredder. Let's have a party." Uh but yeah, like uh and it's, and it's really funny with the shortened timeline that uh, the Foot Clan, they're, they wasted no time to have a power struggle. Like, they immediately... Shredder's body's not even in the ground. They don't even
0: know he... They don't even have him confirmed deceased. And they're like, nope, let's, uh, we, we let's need figure a new leader what's next. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it going to be Tatsu? What's going to happen?
1: And let's start auditioning some new Foot Clan. You yeah, know let's we, try to... Let's have some tryouts.
0: Those tryouts uh, seemed
1: impossibly hard. And look, I'm I'm all for having high standards, but I just wonder in New York City how successful you're going to be. Uh you know, you
0: you can train them. Isn't that part of it? You should be training them. That you have to clear a certain hurdle just to get trained. That seems a little high. Yeah, because yeah, it seems it was, a little bit like a pyramid scheme where you have to pay to audition. And then once you get in, you have to pay dues. It's a whole pyramid scheme. Well, especially
1: since in the first movie you watched it. I did not get a chance to revisit it before watching this. But like, aren't they just stealing televisions and stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's they're just uh, using a bunch of neighborhood kids to steal stuff. And then with the potential of them, maybe uh, getting into the actual foot clan. If Sam Rockwell says it's OK.
1: You know what? Maybe the pendulum went further. Now that it kind of makes sense when you set it up that way, that they had no standards in the first movie and they're so trying they to fix that and they overcorrected. So, okay, that, that I get. That makes total sense. Plus, Shredder yeah, that- was presumed dead. So you had right. a leadership
0: vacuum as well. Right. So they're, they're like, what should we do? And a bunch of people were happy to be grandfathered in, so they didn't have to do all the ninja tests. Yeah, I don't think many
1: of them could have passed that, especially yeah. based on their fighting skills when fighting the turtles. Right.
0: Um, but yeah, so the leader of TGRI, the, the evil corporation, gets kidnapped by the Foot Clan uh, with the last canister of ooze. Uh, the turtles try to steal it. They don't succeed. Uh, So that they use the ooze to uh, metamorphose the two most fearsome predators in the world, a puppy and a snapping turtle. Yeah. What else would you pick? I I can't think of anything. So uh, they become uh, Toka and Razar, the uh, childlike monsters that you hear in the opening scene, both voiced by a frequent appear on the pod, Frank Welker. Yeah. Uh, making his at least second or third appearance. Pretty much any voice in the
1: 90s in an animated thing or something like this with with like a puppet or something. Good chance it was Frank Welker.
0: Yeah, especially if they were like making non-human noises. It was Frank Welker. Or if they had a deep voice. Yeah, Uh, if it wasn't Maurice LaMarche, it was Frank Welker. Yep. Uh, But anyways, uh, and then uh, they challenge the turtles to a fight. There's a fight. Uh, They figure out ways to de-mutinagize the the Token Razar. Then they fall into a club where uh, Vanilla Ice is playing. Uh, Shredder gets the last bit of ooze after he gets um, rocketed out from the really loud speaker. And then he becomes Super Shredder because he's a Shredder, so he mutates into an even bigger Shredder. And Played by Kevin Nash. And his armor mutates as well? Yeah, he gets bigger armor and bigger muscles and... Then uh, they almost have a fight, but he just keeps knocking out the uh, support beams of the dock that this bar is on, and then it collapses on top of him, and if a trash compactor couldn't kill regular Shredder, of course a collapsing dock is going to kill Super Shredder. Yeah, that just makes sense. And then they win, and they celebrate, and Splinter makes another funny. Roll credits. I will say...
1: And I feel like even as a kid, it did sort of bother me a little bit. If you want a reason to malign this movie, besides everything we've said, pretty anticlimactic. Like, Super Shredder, great instinct. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect instinct. It's exactly what should happen. There's ooze. He he takes the ooze. He becomes Kevin Nash. Great pitch.
0: I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. But. Even if he just became Kevin Nash.
1: Yeah, that would be great, too. But uh, But then... Yeah, he he really just for no reason starts. I mean, maybe I guess
0: mutating made him dumber, I
1: guess, or childlike, like
0: you know. The weird thing is, they make a point of saying how the mutagens made the turtles and especially Splinter much smarter. Yeah, but maybe if you're already a human, it makes you dumber. And you know, it made Toka and Razar into infants. Yes, which maybe full sized infants.
1: Maybe it did with the Turtles, too, because they, th- we're getting they them had at teenage years to grow up. That's true. Yeah. Although Splinter seemed to be pretty wise immediately. I don't know. Look, we're not here to debate the origins of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're here to talk about this anticlimactic ending. And I have to say. Great pitch. Super Shredder showing up. But the fact that all he does is knock out a bunch of support beams in a pier in a pier and then crush himself. Yeah. It doesn't fight the turtles really at all. When it's like again, you want your heroes to win. This is basic Joseph Campbell heroes journey stuff. Like you gotta, they need to do it. Like the fact that they are completely passive in this victory. know yeah, they, a, they basically great...
0: Indiana Jones their way to a victory here. Yeah,
1: yeah. You get into that. Yeah, they essentially they look away from him and he destroys himself. It's exactly like the ending of Raiders of Lost Ark.
0: Well, and that the, they they were. In- utterly incident that had they not shown up at all probably nothing bad would have happened
1: well i mean in this case i think he was punching the the support beams because he was trying to kill them i don't know that's a sensical plan but i think that's what he was. so i don't think he would have killed himself if they weren't there he probably wouldn't have drank i mean that's the other thing is like splinter's very he's very laser focused and i get it if someone threw me in a trash compactor and i lived I think I would probably want revenge on that person, and that's all he wants. Is he wants to get revenge on the turtles?
0: He has yeah, no other plan. He has no plan. grander scheme that he the same like take over the underworld of New York scheme that he had from the first one. Oh, he doesn't give a shit about that. And again, get it one hundred
1: percent. Fucking throw me in a trash compactor. I'm gonna I'm,
0: I'm gonna get revenge. Then I'll worry about all that taking over the under, yeah, yeah. underworld that can of wait. New York. Wait, put a pin in that.
1: Sam Rockwell can steal me some TVs later. I gotta get these assholes, like, for sure. Smoke them if you got them, Teenage (laughs) Foot Clan members. (laughs) I think they're just hanging out. We don't see them, but I imagine they're just... They're taking five. They're probably going to school or something, you know? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, and... I mean, I think... Did I still enjoy the movie, though? Yeah, I did.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is... Look, I mean, we... I feel like a thing that we talk about uh, quite often on the show is, you know, there are movies that are critic proof. Like, there are, yes, like, could I sit here as an adult and, and pick apart things that I don't think were particularly well executed? Sure. Did I care as a kid? Not at all. As an adult watching it who has fond memories of watching it as a kid, did I really care? No, it's fun. It's a yep. fun, breezy 90 minute movie that I very much enjoyed rewatching. It's it knows what it is. It knows how to do it. And it, it can be as paper thin as it is. And I, I don't care that the cardboard sets are falling over by the end of it. Shredder, right. Shredder became Super Shredder. The turtles fought him. Splinter said a funny thing. They ate pizza.
0: What, you know, yeah. What more do you want? Um, so I think let's talk about some of the specifics that we enjoyed about this. Uh, the animatronics and puppetry in this movie is outstanding. Yeah. And it's better than the first one. Like it is. Yeah. They, Um, because they were figuring out that technology in the first one,
1: uh, the Hinson and it's the Hinson company. I mean, come on. Like there's no one better at making puppets. Also, uh, I guess I'll just lump this into this. I love that this movie was dedicated to Jim Henson. I thought
0: that was Yeah, because uh, the last movie that he actively worked on was the first Turtles movie. Yeah. And then the sequel. I mean, Jim Henson, one of easily the most formative, along with Matt Groening, of like the things I enjoy in life. Yeah, and so they got him to make the Turtles,
1: right instinct. Uh, and yeah, they look good. The mouths look good. They look, you know, and again, as a kid, Man, I bought it. These were the Turtles. They were live action. And look, man, I'll just say it, you know, because who knows? We've got three more weeks this month. Maybe we'll get around to more recent Turtles things. I can't say. I don't look ahead on the schedule. But but I would say a CGI creation now doesn't look as good as these puppets are going to look in this movie. Like a CGI turtle were one to exist doesn't have the same life to it doesn't have the same animation to it that the like, and they have
0: that um, they look the way that you don't question whether or not Muppets are alive yes even that's what they, I mean yeah, like like they- even though, the, even though like they're clearly not animate objects you know um, but like they, ha- they have a, a joie de vivre or something to them that like, they what? they just feel real, even though, I mean, they're clear, like, it's clearly people in rubber suits. There's no mistaking what? that. What? They look real. Yeah. Yes. No, they look great. And yeah, I they just... And they're they- expressive, and they're emotive, and like, their lips move, and it's not that weird, and... And they're like, they're expressive, the way that they probably wouldn't have been had this movie came out in 1987, just like three years before. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, they, they really hit that sweet spot of the Uncanny Valley, which I think is what Jim Henson really exceeds at is like he knows how to make, again, like a, a simple like sock puppet or whatever, like Jim Henson can make a puppet come alive. The The studio nails it. They're, they're the turtles. We, we saw the turtles moving around, talking, eating pizza, uh, kind of flips, kind of fighting bad guys. <laughs> There's not Ish. a lot of fight choreography in this movie, but that's fine.
0: Like, well a lot of that was because I guess the even still the vision in the turtle suits was limited so they kind of had to slow things way down yes yeah but like the, another thing they did that I think is just genius filmmaking is that they filmed the turtles at like 23 frames per second but played it at 24 frames per second when editing so it looked like they were because it was slower but they found a way to make it like move and look more realistic and it just just really cleverly done yeah genius yeah uh, just, just really, you know, that they act, this movie would have made just as much money without the level of detail that they put into the, the first two turtles movies.
1: Well, and that's the funny thing too, is like, they, they definitely rushed this, but they put money into it. You know what I mean? Like they rusted in terms of timeline, but they, they saw how successful the first one was and they gave this a budget, which I, I saw too, like that's part of the reason they got Vanilla Ice is because... The Henson Company already was working on this and sort of came in cheaper than they thought. So they had like leftover money. <laughs> so like, I don't know, I guess give Vanilla Ice to write something. I mean, he's he's popular with the kids. Which, you know, there is a certain irony to their concern about uh, the turtles being a fad. Ding
0: flash in the pan, yeah.
1: Which if they had waited a year to make this, you might not put Vanilla Ice in because that really was the sweet spot of his moment. <laughs> 91 was his year.
0: Yeah, and really his only year. <laughs> I mean, there was when he did like the new metal comeback that everyone's like, oh, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't his year. It might have been that his week. But yeah, it, it, I think that is sort of an interesting point. Um, I really like the ninja test scene. I thought that was really cool. It's good.
1: Yeah. No. so Like, yeah. Like I said, it's fun to like poke fun at it for like the high bar of it. But great, great scene. No, it was good.
0: But like, you know, that Raphael helps him steal all the, the bells and.
1: Well, and it's it's really smart, too, that you have. So, again, as we've said, you got the turtles are in rubber suits. There's only so much they can do. But you've got a real life, you know, like martial arts superstar in the cast that scene is your moment to really spotlight him that in the opening i think they really like spotlight him yeah uh, which Hardy is really Reyes junior is great yeah it's a great instinct and he's he does well in those
0: scenes yeah and like i mean he was if you were a fan of martial arts cinema in the 80s and early 90s like he was he was one of the guys yeah you know, um, and it continues to get stunt work up through the modern day because he's that good. He's 50 now, but he's still great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I also have to shout out uh, a local connection that uh the for I, a long time, and it might even still be true. The most famous alum from the high school I attended is Mark Casso. That is the stunt performer in the Leonardo suit. Nice. Um, that, yeah, he was, uh, an a NCAA champion gymnast, but he, you know, went to my high school and yeah, he was cast in the suit. Um, they did have another stunt performer for the martial arts stuff because he wasn't a martial artist. He was a gymnast. Um, and they needed the, they, they're going to have the martial artist do the back handspring. He's like, no, I'm going to do it better than this guy. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's just a fun local connection. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I have unbelievably fond memories and. They aren't tarnished by watching this movie as a 40 year old man. Yeah, I look, there's a line. This is just to me I and I'm not
1: exaggerating. I'm not hyping this up. I laughed at it. I'd forgotten this was in it. I laughed at it. It to this day remains solid comedy to me. the The moment when right after the ninja test scene where now Splinter has uh, he's captured Raphael, and the other turtles come to rescue him. And you get Donatello saying the perimeter's quiet, Leonardo a little too quiet. Donatello. Then they fight some foot soldiers. Then Donatello, that was easy. Leonardo, a little too easy. And then Donatello, look, it's Raphael. Michelangelo, yeah, a little too Raphael. It's good
0: comedy. That's it's fantastic. well done. Rule of threes. Yeah. It's a great punchline. Yeah, yeah. No, that I that I remember laughing at that when it happened. Um, I think you could have just as easily picked that scene as as the uh, as the opening because um, that that is a great a great joke. No, it's solid. It's so, the timing's
1: good on it. It's good. Yeah, maybe I should have picked that because it had the Ninja Turtles in it. But I don't know, babies. You yeah, got like the babies. Babies. Snap babies. <laughs> that babies. I will also say that's legit funny. It's yeah. it's a great over the top. It's fr- Yeah, frustration.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like this movie. I would be I would be curious what uh, former guest Carter Flynn Smith would think of this. Uh, Sean's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like what? How would this play to a kid in 2022? Would they enjoy it? Would they find it cheesy? Would they disregard it immediately? Um, Because. I mean, if you're our age, you have nostalgia for the Ninja Turtles. They were they were that ubiquitous that everybody knew about them. It's why most of us know it can name at least four Renaissance painters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Because the Ninja Turtles, are of course, named Titian. You know, Petruchio and so on. Which I will say my favorite Renaissance painter is Splinter. Yes, oh, my, by, my, mine too. Like, his frescoes <laughs> were stunning. Yeah. <laughs> his use of chiaroscuro to, you know, really show the light and dark of, of the uh, religious conflicts of the time. Uh, unparalleled. Yeah. No, nah, and I think, I don't think they ever will be paralleled, frankly. No. Speaking of parallel, to his use of linear perspective to create depth and, and realism in his artwork, just Splinter is the, the finest Renaissance painter.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's unequivocal. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of scholarly debate about it. But
0: frankly, I, you know, I, sure, Da Vinci's more famous, Leonardo and Michelangelo has the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And, you know, like they but when you really want to get down to who's the best, Splinter. Well, and a
1: lot of people don't realize that Splinter was offered the Sistine Chapel and said, no, that's too showy. I don't want it. Right. Right. Also, Splinter used to design helicopters in a secret journal that he threw on a fire and burned because he didn't care. Like, and I think that's it. They needed it more than him. Like, right. he didn't need it. Yeah. He, did, he didn't he was, want it. That's why you're like, if you're sitting there like, I don't remember Splinter. He didn't want you to remember
0: him. That wasn't what it was I mean, about for him. Yeah. You know, it's like if you, if you draw parallels to the 90s grunge scene, you know. Michelangelo Leonardo or Nirvana and Pearl Jam and he's Mother Love Bone the, you know the one that really set the tone and you know in a lot of ways was superior I was and just trying, you know I was trying to figure out who the other turtles would be I was. <laughs> well Raphael's clearly Soundgarden yeah that tracks uh, and I guess that would make Donatello Alice in Chains yeah where it's like you always go like yeah I mean they're a part of grunge but I don't I'm not in the mood to listen to this it's like, they have a couple, like, I'll listen to Rooster, sure, but... <laughs> but what do you... Yeah, after that, like, what are you gonna... Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, in 400 years when they try to reboot Ninja Turtles, you're gonna have the Turtles named Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden. I think it's good. I think I'm I'm here for it. And then Splinter will still be Splinter, because that was also the best grunge band. Still doesn't want it. Nope. Doesn't need it. Yeah. Uh, no, that, like... This, if you haven't seen this movie in a long time and you have fond memories of it as a child, I think you'll, I don't think that that legacy will be sullied at all by rewatching it. No. As long as you, as long as you go into it with an open mind and understand that this is a, it is a cash grab, it is a flawed movie. It was there to capitalize on what they thought was a fad that ended up being one of the most enduring intellectual properties of the late twentieth century. That's still making new content today. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you
1: can't escape it. Like the and yeah, like still and still making some great merch. I think that we need to bring back more turtles-related food items. I am sad at their decline, but still a lot of toys. Like yeah. they, they're still churning them out, uh, and, and I like oh. the. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. You're, this is mine is a, a new point. Well, I was gonna say too that uh, this is actually in the IMDb trivia, but I've actually seen these things too. There, there's kind of, I mean, Kevin. Nash, there's a Kevin Nash connection uh, in this movie, and they mentioned WrestleMania in the movie, but they actually did release a line of like wrestling themed Ninja Turtle they action did, figures, yeah. which were great.
0: Yep. Um, I was gonna say another. Just I think. Solid bit in the movie is when they think that Shredder is dead and they do the "I love being a turtle" freeze frame high five. Yeah, and then Super Shredder shows up. That is good. Yeah. No, that those instincts were great. Again, I wish there was more to the Super Shredder
1: battle, but that we've defeated the villain. Then the villain rises in the background while we're celebrating it's good stuff also i love that most the turtles don't really have an arc in this movie but as close as they have to one is just hubris they they start the movie assuming <laughs> that they've defeated Splent that they d- defeated shredder and in the end super shredder pops up while they're still assuming that they've l- learned no lesson they don't make sure yeah. that he's dead uh they're just celebrating once again and i i love that for them
0: uh, another joke that holds up as good comedy when they're having the fight in the nightclub and the nightclub owner tells his assistant to call the police. And then when he realizes that everyone's loving it, he's like, who told you to call the police? Yeah, it's good. It's good joke writing. I also
1: like how quick Vanilla Ice just resumes the show. Like he, he stops for a second and then just is like, no, nope, we're going to keep going. He has this thought.
0: It's like, I'm not going to have too many more of these opportunities. <laughs> Yeah, I better I better capitalize. <laughs> I better make the, and for all intents and purposes just bust out a stellar freestyle about Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I mean the fact that he came up with that in the moment is impressive. Right. Also, uh, the story the actual story is that he um that Robert Van Winkle, that Vanilla Ice, was actually a decent freestyle rapper is there's some some validity to that statement, but obviously he didn't freestyle that in the movie. That was a prepared rap. I will say maybe this is controversial. I think it's better than Ice Ice Baby. Ninja Rap? Yeah. I mean, Go Ninja, Go Ninja Go is a better hook than Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, ding, ding, I mean, ding, ding, well, ding, ding, it's ding ding.
1: The other thing is like,
0: and again, I know
1: there was a whole thing about it, and I know that he maintains that it. It's not this, but like a lot of the joy of Ice Ice Baby is that it's under pressure, which is a better song. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah. But I think Ninja Rap stands on its own. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I'm i inclined to agree. And I think the other crazy thing about this movie is that it inspired a whole concert tour.
1: Yeah, and I know that you're setting this up for the end, but I remembered one more thing I wanted to say. So Great. So save that segue for five seconds. Great. Uh, but no, because we mentioned Kevin Nash and we mentioned wrestling. And look, man, like I know this is a little bit of a, a you know, sort of tangent, but... You and I are both huge wrestling fans, and this is probably the only opportunity that we'll really have to bring this up. Scott Hall uh, passed oh, away recently. Rest in peace, bad guy. And he was one of the best wrestlers of our lifetimes. And mm-hmm. just shout out to I, In the way that they dedicated this movie to Jim Henson,
0: I'd like to dedicate this episode to Scott Hall. <laughs> to <laughs> like, Kevin Nash's star of the movie, Kevin Nash's best friend, Scott Hall.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the like, so it, it's not that much of a deviation, I promise. But yeah, the Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they're responsible for uh, probably the biggest angle in the 1990s, which was the, you know, invasion slash like, you know, NWO
0: formation. Huge, huge. Uh, you know what else is crazy about this movie? What's that? It inspired a whole concert tour. Yeah, that's good, and
1: that's cool. How we were just talking about Vanilla Ice, and so this is a a very well timed and natural segue. I love that. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, so we've, we've talked about Vanilla Ice. We talked about music in 1990. Again, right? as I, that that the fad was really rising? Pizza Hut naturally uh, sponsored a tour of coming out of their shells, which was. Obviously, it makes total sense when you think about it. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, they're a very popular action franchise. So what do we do with them? How do we capitalize on this nationwide music tour (laughs) with people in turtle suits singing uh, rock ballads? It's it's so obvious and some dance jams and some dance jams. but it is so obvious that obviously,
0: like, you know, you're like, God damn it. Why didn't I think of that? I mean, we all did, but we just weren't in charge of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. Yeah. Although maybe
1: we were in some ways when you really think about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: so this is April, as we said, uh, <laughs> the month. I'm just informing you of the month, but because it's April, April O'Neil was really the inspiration for all of this. So I, what we're going to do this month is we're going to play some of these songs from the coming out of their shell tour. But what better song to kick it off with than April's Ballad from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tour. I can so, think of no better. So here is the one and only April O'Neil, a little sample of April's Ballad from coming out of our shells to, to play us out.
0: Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Joel Murphy.
0: And I'm Stephanie Smar.
1: And this is Stephanie Knows Some Shit, where every week we are going to tap into Stephanie's brain and share with you some of the insight that she has about cooking, shopping, Top Chef, all of the things that you want to know. Yeah, we're going to tell some stories, enjoy
0: some time together, and really dive into the things that you might be afraid to Google. We might have the answer. I actually, I'm pretty confident we do.